0: This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 333. God's perfect timing. God has his own sense of timing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. He has perfect timing, never early, never late. God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. We see in today's passages that the Lord is sovereign over the future. We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. God is going to vindicate his people. But what do you do while you're waiting for God to do what he's promised to do? From Psalm 135. Your name, Lord, endures forever. Your renown, Lord through all generations. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. Trust in the Lord When your prayers don't seem to be answered, you may be tempted to stop trusting the Lord and start chasing other gods. Trusting in the Lord may seem a little old-fashioned, but the psalmist says, God, your name is eternal. God, you'll never be out of date. The great biblical truth is that you become like that in which you put your trust. If you put your trust in gods of silver or gold, then you'll be like them, spiritually lifeless, blind and deaf. If you trust in God, you will be filled with life and joy as you become like him. Keep trusting God, for the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. God stands up for his people. God holds the hands of his people. Hence, you are called to praise and honor the Lord. Remain totally dependent on God and look for Him to vindicate you. When things aren't working out as you wish, be patient. Stop trying to move ahead of God. His timing is perfect. Trust Him. Lord, I trust in You alone. Help me become like You full of love, joy, and peace. New Testament from 2 Peter 3 Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They'll say, Where is this coming? He promised. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years like a day The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise As some understand slowness Instead he's patient with you Not wanting anyone to perish But everyone to come to repentance But the day of the Lord will come like a thief The heavens will disappear with a roar The elements will be destroyed by fire And the earth and everything done in it Will be laid bare But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Turn to the Lord. When you look at all the evil in the world, all the wars, environmental damage, violence, institutional torture, injustice, horrific crimes, and the amount of suffering, you might wonder why Jesus does not come back now and sort it all out. Why does God delay? Why has the Lord not returned already? Peter warns us that people will mock us and say, so what's happening to the promise of his coming? He says there's a very good reason for the delay. The reason that the Lord has not come already is to give people more time to repent. God's not in a hurry. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. God is not slow in keeping his promise. Rather, the delay comes from his patience. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God isn't late with his promise, as some measure lateness. He's restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Repentance Is all about a change of direction in your life. It is turning away from all the bad stuff and turning to Jesus. By giving people time to repent, God is lovingly holding the door open for their salvation. Interpret our master's patient restraint for what it is. Salvation. This theme of salvation is one of the great themes of Paul's letters. And so at this point, Peter refers to them. I find it encouraging that he describes them as sometimes hard to understand. If you struggle to understand them, you're in good company. Significantly, Peter then goes on to compare them with the Old Testament, the other scriptures. In doing so, he demonstrates that the early church and apostles understood the New Testament writings as having the same divine authority as those of the Old Testament. The Lord will come at a time... When we don't expect him, like a thief, the world as we know it will be laid bare. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. The New Testament vision of the future is not so much people going up to heaven. Rather, it is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Again and again, Peter points out that God is faithful to his word and his promises. The truth is that what God says will definitely happen. The way to prepare for this certain but delayed future is to live a holy life and daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival, and be found living at your best in purity and peace and to grow in grace and understanding of our Master and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grace is undeserved love. You grow in grace as you turn to the Lord, dependent on Him in every situation you face, bringing your needs to him day by day as you eagerly expect his return. Lord, as I await your coming, help me to live a holy and godly life, to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with you. Old Testament from Daniel 4 and 5 Now I, Nebuchadnezzar praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Thank the Lord. Pride comes before a fall, as I have discovered many times in my own life. Everything we have comes from God. We're dependent upon him for our next breath. He is in control of the past, present, and future. Thanksgiving prompts humility. When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude, wrote G.K. Chesterton. It is relatively easy to pass on a message of encouragement from the Lord. It is less easy to convey a message of rebuke Daniel found it perplexing and alarming, but he was obedient to the Lord. The mistake Nebuchadnezzar made, and that all of us possibly make from time to time, is to think that what he had achieved was all his own doing. Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Be wary of using I, And my, in this way, the lesson that God had to teach Nebuchadnezzar sometimes has to teach us is that everything you have is a gift from God. The Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Our spiritual gifts, bodies, families, homes, intellect, looks, money, sporting abilities are all gifts from god your reaction to any success should not be one of pride self-importance or self-congratulation but one of praise and thanks to god honoring him and exalting him for what he has given you nebuchadnezzar took things for granted and failed to give thanks and glory to the Lord for what the Lord had done for him. Rather, he saw it all as the work of his own hands. When Nebuchadnezzar was restored, he realized that everything he had came from God. Instead of taking the glory himself, he thanked and glorified God, singing and praising the King of heaven. Humility does not mean pretending that you do not have what you have but rather it means recognizing the source of what you have and giving the praise where it is due. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. His testimony is summed up with these words. He knows how to turn a proud person into a humble man or woman. Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar, so, King, take my advice. Make a clean break with your sins and start living for others. Quit your wicked life and look after the needs of the down and out. Then you'll continue to have a good life. The next generation did not learn the lessons of the past. King Belshazzar broke the command to worship God alone and praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. As with Nebuchadnezzar, beneath the surface, there was a deep rooted fear in Belshazzar's life. He did not have peace with God. Both were warned by God and told what to do. The difference is that Nebuchadnezzar repented, humbled himself, acknowledged and thanked God, whereas Belshazzar did not. Daniel himself was well known for his intellectual brilliance and spiritual wisdom. He was full of Of the Holy Spirit. There must have been a great temptation to pride, yet Daniel remained humbly dependent on God, giving him all the glory and honor and thanksgiving. Lord, thank you that you are in charge of this universe, and everything I have comes from you. I want to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Pepper adds, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. The day of the Lord does sound rather terrifying. But verse 11 just tells us to get on with living holy and godly lives. And verse 12 says to look forward to and therefore not dread the day of God and to speed its coming.